for Kobe Bryant. How dare you? How how dare you mess up a traditional gospel song that's normally sung at funerals for solos and just for people that's going through it? Like, how do you mess up I Won't Complain? I have some good days. She didn't even say I have some heels to climb. I spent all my good days. I won't complain. God has been so good to me. He's been so good to me more than this whole world. Have you ever been? I didn't hear those words. She was making up her own shit. And some black people, when they sing something, they do make their own shit up. But she was off key. Her tenor was terrible. Don't know what key she was singing in. It was just a mess. And she wasn't moving the room. The spirit was not with her. The Holy Ghost took a vacation, as somebody said on Twitter. Welcome to The Weekly Show about art, politics, and pop culture from a phenomenally female perspective. I'm Sarah. I'm Shantae. I'm Eliane, and this is Unapologetically She. to another lovely episode of unapologetically she we are episode 31 in the whole entire both seasons and season 14 i mean season i mean season two and episode 14 14. i was gonna i'll say damn we're already on season 14 where the hell did the time go (laughs) right this is how tired i am so we are episode 14 of season two guys don't charge it to my heart as they say in the church (laughs) <laughs> and we promise we promise Eliane's going to be back soon we know everybody misses her we miss her so it does I mean we have an awesome show but it just it doesn't click the same without her so I miss my little petite Latina with her <laughs> nails and everything I do what are you talking about with the goddamn nails like good <laughs> lord <laughs> I miss her. I do. I do. I do too. I miss her a lot. Like we need her back. So, but she's been on a much needed break. She's had a lot going on. So. And please pray for her and her family. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So. When she's come back, you know what I'm going to do? You know how you saw the color purple and you're like, see me. (laughs) And then they started doing this. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to do that to her. She's like. Shante, don't do that. <laughs> you know it's gonna come because like no one see everybody misses you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So ah. so before we start, before we start our catch-up for the week, I'll do our drink of the week. Our drink of the week is simple. It's coffee. Y'all, it's coffee. Okay. I'm I'm on my period. I haven't been feeling well. I got my daughter's stomach bug, so I was feeling nauseous most of the week. I am not drinking alcohol at two o'clock on a Sunday. So it's just coffee. <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna throw a splash of Irish cream or something in it at home, go for it. Otherwise, just enjoy your damn coffee. Awesome coffee, mate. Mm-hmm. And I heard that shit is getting expensive. So I didn't even look. 
I bought creamer the other day and I didn't even look at the price, but I buy the Starbucks caramel macchiato creamer. And that's more expensive anyway. But yeah. That's a drink of the week. We're keeping it simple. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? We both been sick. You've been sick. Mm -hmm. I've been sick. My job just finished. Like it's moved. I've been sick. I'm exhausted. I had a cold last week. So that's why we didn't record. Mm -hmm. And this past week, as I was getting over the cold and trying to get my voice back, because I was hoarse for a minute, y'all, people were th thinking I was having COVID and I took two COVID tests and I actually like was negative because I know I had no goddamn COVID because I would not be getting up out of my bed sick. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And off mic, just so y'all know, off mic, Shantae told me that she said she was sounding a lot like Gollum. <laughs> I, I, I really was. I was... I sound like a damn creature. Between him and Tales from the Crypt, my voice was hoarse. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was that bad. And then as I was getting over the horse thing, I had my period. So I was messed up, y'all. So y'all are, are gonna be dealing with some pretty feisty women today. <laughs> Cause we got a lot to say because there's a lot of been stupid fucking shit been going on since we mm -hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And now we got I got Dina's stomach bug. Like it was what last Saturday she woke up in the middle of the night and just started puking everywhere, everywhere. Projectile vomit, I swear. And she she wakes up, she starts throwing up. She, it's all over the floor. So I'm rushing and I'm grabbing a bucket really quick, like my trash can by my bed. Cause she came in and she's like, I don't feel good. And she just like everywhere. So I hurry up and I grab my trash can so she can throw up in that. And she looks up at me, this poor pitiful look on her face. Mom, I just barfed all over the floor. And she feels bad. Like you don't feel bad. I know. I'm like, it's okay. I'll clean it up. It's fine. So my husband had to get up. I had him get up and clean it up because I went to try and normally vomit doesn't bother me. But for some reason that was and I was getting ready to throw up. I'm like, I was like, yo, Mike, you've got to come in. You've got to clean this up. I can't do it. So we did that. And then about an hour later, she started throwing up again. She starts throwing up at the toilet and then she sits up, poor little thing, sick looking face after throwing up for a second time. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm sitting there thinking eight years old going on college. Because that is some college student behavior right there. Getting drunk off your ass, puking it up. All right, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, what and then I, nothing that we didn't eat. It was like the same stuff that we ate. Mike and I were fine. I think she must've brought it home from school or something. Yeah, and then, cool. and then like, no, that was Sunday that she was throwing up. And then Monday she had a fever. So she didn't go to school on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, I got sick. I was hugging the toilet. So I was just like, oh, yeah, this is, this is great and wonderful. Oh, poor baby. I know. I and mean, but she, was, but she was totally fine when she went back to school on Wednesday. She was just like, I'm good. Typical rambunctious Dina. Yeah. Totally fine. No fever, no upset stomach. I mean, all, all day on Monday, 
She was just drinking ginger ale, Pedialyte, and eating saltines. That's how you do them, home remedies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I took her, we took her in and she got her ears pierced yesterday. I saw that. <laughs> and we took her to a tattoo parlor to get it done because it's healthier, more sanitary and safer than doing it with a gun, with a piercing gun. So that's what we did. I mean, more I, than any- ears, I couldn't remember because I was, I was like an infant when I got my ears pierced. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking, I was talking with somebody on Facebook about that. Um, she, I, she's Afro-Latina um, and she was talking about how she had hers done as a baby and she, you know, she, we were just remarking on cultural differences because like white people like my age didn't pierce their baby's ears as infants, but it's becoming more common now with like the younger white parents and like when I was little it wasn't a thing with white parents to pierce baby's ears like I had mine done when I was like five I think yeah I was like I was five so it's like we were just like remarking on the cultural differences you know I remember always having pierced ears from little I used to wear my earrings I used to have like little kid pearls Mm -hmm. my mom you know always did that because my mom I think she had her ears, I don't know if she had her ears pierced young, but she pierced all our ears very young. I'm just like, I remember yeah. having my ears pierced at a very, very young age. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and I, um, another one of my friends, um, she had mentioned that like hers were pierced as a baby and that she still has her bank, her baby bangle bracelets that she had when she was like little itty bitty. Cause that was a cultural thing with them. And she's, she's like, I could probably wear them as earrings. Now they're that little itty bitty bangle bracelets. So it's just, it's, it's cool. Kind of like learning these cultural differences with something like body jewelry, you know? I had like a, a cross when I was little. I still got some of my earrings when I was very, when I was young, like a five, six, seven, eight. Like I still have them. I still wear my name chain from when I was eight. Wow. And I had that, it will be 30 years next year that I have that name chain. Wow. Real gold. Nice. The only thing I have from that young is my hospital bracelet. <laughs> with my name on it from when my but mom you have a lot of pictures when I, from when I was born <laughs> but you do have a lot of pictures of of you and your your family well, excuse me you and your mother so I do I do yeah yeah and her her death anniversary or her not her death anniversary her birthday just passed too because yeah, y'all were both born in the winter time yeah. uh-huh. a month and a day apart like our, our birthdays were one month and a day apart. I mean, obviously not the year, but yeah. So, yeah. I saw that baby picture. I was just like, yeah, Dina did look like you when you was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she kind of, she kind of looks like dad now, but she's, she's gone like the last few years she's favored her father more, but she's starting. It's like her, as she's developing and her bones are continue developing and she continues growing and everything else like that she's starting to favor me again in some ways so it's like I mean she's a mix of both of us so yeah she might be taller than the both of y'all 
So I know, I know. I have no idea how I'm going to handle that. My mom had no idea how to handle it when I ended up taller than her. Not by much, like two inches, but still I was taller than her. Listen, my, well, my dad was taller than his, both of his parents because his parents were, my grandmother, his mother was short. His mm. mother was like, if she was alive, she would, she was like only like five feet. Mm. I'm five foot, what, four? Like, yeah, that's me too, five, I four. Been, because I'm originally like, I was, I think I grew a half inch because I was five foot three and a half. And then I started like growing like a half inch. And I'm just like, that's weird. So mm-hmm. like, you know, cause statue look a little tall because I work and when you work out sometimes it does make you a little feel like you feel a little taller I don't know yeah I think it because like you're stretching your muscles and your vertebra and everything so it's like I think with the postural changes and everything it like affects your height it's definitely a little bit not not a lot but some it it helps because lord I I can't (laughs) I think I'm gonna go work out tomorrow because like I have not worked out in two weeks mm-hmm. I feel weird yeah me too like I didn't I think I worked out maybe one or two days earlier this week and then started feeling like crap and everything and just feeling tired and I was just like I I just I do not have it in me this week so I just I skipped this week and I feel like crap uh, this week is a new week so Yep, that it I'm is. Glad Dina's feeling better. Now we got them burning questions, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you've got good ones because you always ask good questions. So, Sarah. Mm. You know, you're going to have to answer these too. Who was your first music crush? My first I know who it was. So, my first music crush? Yeah, like your first music superstar crush, like. Oh my God, don't make me answer this. I know who it was, kind of. I have a sense of it, but I'll, I'll probably be wrong. <laughs> it was New Kids on the Block. I thought it was Prince. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of Prince yet, but like, I think, God. I mean, I know he was around, but like, it wasn't part of my music lexicon but that was like I think it was like my freshman year of high school that I really started listening to Prince and I was like new kids on the who <laughs> like who my sister used to listen to new kids on the block so because y'all around the same age mm-hmm. and today's her birthday so I saw that and I wished her happy birthday so happy birthday again yeah I spoke to her before recording I was like you're gonna see me later I said of course why would I not see you later Jesus Christ like you act like a little kid like my mom is making dinner and so I got her card it's hard to find sister cards these days but like it was it's so dumb like it's hard to find like sister birthday cards like any family birthday cards which is weird yeah who was your first who was your first musical crush is a rapper and it has to be because I used to, I always loved Wu-Tang. Mm. It was between Method Man and Ghostface. I can see that. I can see that. Because everybody thought it's like an R&B singer. Like, everyone loves Usher. I like Usher. Everyone loves Usher. Everyone loved, uh, what is it, Mint Condition. And mm-hmm. Raphael Sadiq was not that bad neither. But... Mine was 
definitely i always like rappers that was the problem i like the rough guys <laughs> do you have another one i do have another one sarah oh boy so i don't want to be inappropriate but oh, come on what when was your first time and what was it like I was 15. <laughs> he said you were so embarrassed to say I was 15. He was my first love. We're still, we are still friends to this day. He's one of my closest friends. Um, we were together for my freshman and sophomore year of high school. So it was like a long-term thing. Um, and the first time when I lost it, um, it was homecoming and before the dance, he had brought me home to his parents' house and his parents had decked out the whole entire house in candles and his mom made us like a five course meal with like a fancy dessert and she actually molded, um, she had roses on a plate, but it, with um, angel food cake and she molded the leaves in chocolate. Like she molded chocolate into the shape of leaves and detailed the leaves and everything. And they had like, they had one of the screens up separating the living room from the kitchen and all that stuff. And they had a table and everything set out for us. And then we went to the dance and I guess one of his, um, one of his brothers had helped out and had taken one of the mattresses out of their beds and put it in the backyard with some blankets and there were candles out there and I lost my virginity out under the stars. And I'm not going to say who it, I'm not going to say who it was because I don't need listeners trying to go and look for it, but it lasted like three pumps and that was it because we were both virgins. (laughs) (laughs) But it was overall a good experience. Well, yours yours sound cute because some people's first time sound like hell. Mine, I was 21. I'm a late bloomer, guys. Don't <laughs> judge me. And I thought at one time I lost my virginity at 20, but he didn't go in. But at 21, I lost it. And it was, I, I'm still like friends with the guy. We on LinkedIn together. He's down an accountant now. Oh. Yeah. And he, I met him on Black Planet. Cause we were talking for a whole minute. I mean, we kissed before and every, and did like other things, but we never like had sex. But right. We had sex. It was good. I mean, he was six, three, he was like damn near a foot taller than me. Right. And he was, well, he's African-American and Jamaican. His dad mm-hmm. was Jamaican. And so when we had sex, it was good. I bled a little bit, but not like a lot. Like how people be bleeding. Mm-hmm. I did not bleed a lot. I don't remember if I did or not. I don't remember if I did it or not. I mean, I didn't even check. Like, I don't know. Yeah, my my first, he was tall too. He's like six foot one. Which to me is tall. Anything yeah. above six feet is pretty tall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, he he was tall, but very handsome. And now, like, I think he's like forty now, because he's like a couple of years older than me. 
So like he's an accountant, he has a family, he has a child. So, you know, I'm glad for his success. So mm -hmm. same, same. My first, he's still, he's still living in the same state, but in a different city. He works for a nonprofit that helps homeless people. Um, he is an advocate for homeless people there. Um, does some tech work and stuff for him, like for the agency that he works at as well. And he's married, has kids, you know, he's happy. And I'm just like, super happy for him. You know, it's like, I love him because he's always going to be my first, but he was my friend first. So it's like all of his successes just make me so proud, so proud of him and happy for him, you know? So I'm, well, for I'm fortunate in a lot of ways with him. Mm. that I was able to stay friends with him and that I didn't have a crappy first time for my, you know, for crappy experience my first time. I'm very lucky. I'm very, very lucky with that. So anywho, I'm now, that with some questions. now that we're loosened up with that talk, <laughs> we'll get into our shot and chaser for the week. Um, and where is, I have, I have my thing for my shot today and I have to find it because I was cleaning off the table to get all my recording stuff ready and I put it to the side, so, but I found it. Anyhow, shot and chaser, for those who are listening for the first time, we each pick a topic. We don't know what the other is going to talk about, but we each pick a topic, we talk about it, and then we get everybody's, we get everybody's response, the chaser. Topic is the shot, discussion after is the chaser. So this week, ma'am, Miss Shante, you are going to kick us off. My shot and chaser is all the bitch ass Republicans in the house. Cause you know, they're always going to be the subject of every conversation that we always want to have because they just a bunch of bitch asses. Ostracizing one of the great congressmen, Eric Swanwell. Cause mm -hmm. you know, he's not serving on no house committees because Bitch ass Kevin Owen McCarthy, who is now the speaker after 15 rounds. Of 15 fucking rounds and four days. Dude, you broke a hundred year record. Well done. Well done. <laughs> after being a whole bitch ass, making them concessions. Like I said, what did he give up? He gave up ass. As my friend said, he gave up ass. Basically to um, kick Eric Swanwell off. The, the committees because he did something with the Chinese government, but you have whole entire insurrectionists serving on key committees that they were investigated by last mm -hmm. Congress term. And you're having Homeland Security, Science and Technology, Ethics Committee, like Intelligence. What the fuck? And one of them serving on the Ways and Means Committee. I mean, the the ghetto like the republican party in that house is ghetto they are ghetto i mean first of all you rejected kevin owen mccarthy then you put insurrection 14 times <laughs> yes because it's embarrassing it's ghetto and then you um kick off a a congressman but you didn't kick off Ilhan Omar, which is crazy, because I thought they were going to kick her off first, but you kick Eric. I know they were, they were talking about kicking her off. Her, Schiff, and Swalwell. Well, they kicked off Swalwell. Yeah. Schiff, they're going to have a motherfucking hard time fucking with, because that dude 
is nobody to fuck with. No, he's not. And if 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 bar if if there are if there are no black women running for the California Democratic primary, then I'm with Schiff. But that is only if there are no black women that are in the running. And there are going to be. There are going to be. And it's not just going to be one, it's going to be multiple of them. That. So that's gonna that's gonna be hard picking just one. So I might just sit there and like throw some money toward all of them. <laughs> like, oh, it's gonna be a hell of a primary. So yeah, so his their bitch asses. So I'm just like cities and MAGA Republicans. Or no, excuse me, Kevin McCarthy. So you just ruined your speakership already in a matter of not even in a month of mm-hmm. putting insurrectionists on key committees, kicking off a Democrat, no matter oh, if he, he ruined he ruined his speakership as soon as he made all those concessions. Yep. And then on top of that, there's the debt ceiling crisis. We're going to have to negotiate with the president. And the president already said he is not backing down on his uh, commitments mm-hmm. that was already decided on last term. So he can go ahead and embarrass himself. He's going to get Biden. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Biden's going to body him like yes. in a conversation. Yes. So that right there. And the vice president is going to be there, ladies and gentlemen, going to be there. So when people say she's not useful, y'all can eat a whole dick because she's actually is useful. Eat an entire bag of dicks. And make sure you don't chew on the cum. And <laughs> on the balls, <laughs> swallow them. <laughs> but getting back to what I'm saying, so Kevin McCarthy just ruined his speakership um, by making all these dumbass concessions, kicking off people off committees that never threatened him, that actually respected him, and. You got crisis going on, a debt ceiling shit, and you're going to have to be the bigger person to meet with the president, make an appointment to go over there. You got staffers that can make an appointment. You know, you don't have to wait for the president's invitation. You just can make an appointment. That's it. Because you're going to have to sit there with him, Vice President Harris, Ron Klan, my missing somebody, Susan Rice. You don't have to sit there with all of them. And he's going to, and he's going to have to sit with uh, Chuck Schumer. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's screwed. The house is not going to accomplish anything in the next two years. And it's going to make it hard for anything else to be accomplished. And I just know, we know how this goes. We know how it goes. The house, the Republican house is going to fuck everything up. And then when it comes election time, they're going to turn around and say, well, nothing got done because it's the Democrats' fault. And voters, especially my demographic, white women and white male voters, have notoriously short memories. And they will eat every fucking lie the Republican Party throws at them about why nothing was accomplished in the in these coming two years. They're gonna learn they're learning their lesson because it's gonna be bogus ass um investigations mm-hmm. about the president's son and daughter 
his living children. Who have absolutely nothing to do with the presidency. Or government, not even in exactly. government. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's a fucking joke. It's a joke. They're turning the house into the joke and they're into a joke and they're turning it into a fucking political weapon. And it's, it's, I could go on for hours about what bullshit it is and how much I fucking despise the GOP. And white people, you have never learned your lesson. When the fuck are you going to wake up and realize that the grand old party now known as the grand insurrectionist party ain't going to do shit for you. They're not going to solve the inflation um, problems or prices. They're not going to address the insulin issue. They're not going to solve our domestic, other domestic problems that we have, such as gun safety and also addressing mass shootings. They're not going to address the education issue with the systemic racism. They're not going to do shit. They're not going to do shit. They have not done shit and they're not going to do shit. When they voted against the Civil Rights Act, you should have known right that any of these motherfuckers are not for progress. When they voted against the, when they voted against the anti-lynching act. I, mm. And I'm dating all the way back from my existence, before my existence, in 1964. Mm-hmm. In 1964, 1965, those same Northern Republicans from where I'm from and those West Coast Republicans where Sarah's from joined forces with the Southern Democrats, Dixiecrats, or now of the Republican Party. They are not for progress and haven't been for the last damn near almost 60 years, but you still fucking continue to eat them fucking lies, feed into sophisticated racism. Yes, I said that, Ronald Reagan, that's Mm -hmm. the bad side of California, that Mm -hmm. sophisticated racism brought into conservatism, AKA Reaganomics, and look what the fuck has happened within the last 40 something years since that shit happened. So mm-hmm. therefore, I don't feel bad of calling y'all out. I never will. Don't say I hate white people. I just don't like the way you vote. Mm-hmm. And how we vote is a, fle- is a reflection of who we are, period, full stop. Amen. Oh. What you got for us, um, Mrs. F? Okay, so this was going to be my topic last week, but because we didn't record, because you weren't feeling well, I saved it for this week. My topic is Spare by Prince Harry. I read it. I've got notes here. See, I'm not, I'm not going to get through all of them because there's a lot of notes I have on it. I got to read it again. But yeah. So Spare by Prince Harry is really good. It's heartbreaking. It will tear you down. It's a heavy read, but he's also funny. Um, Spare is the best-selling nonfiction book ever published. Harry broke that record with this book. So I'll just start with that. Anyhow, I'm read- I read this book. And anybody who says that this is all new behavior or that these are lies and that Harry's making it up because of Megan, you clearly have not read the book. You have not read his words. Um, but I have a couple of excerpts that I want to read. Like the time that William shot at Harry with a shotgun when they were kids. 
yes, William is a piece of shit. So <clears throat> they're playing with family friends of his father's with their kids. And William, whenever they would go to fight William, he would call Harry over and Harry would have to fight the kids off and save Will. Yeah. Okay. So he says, I don't know how effective or skilled a fighter I was, but I always succeeded in providing enough diversion for Willie to get away. He'd check his injuries, wipe his nose, then jump straight back in. When the scrap finally ended for good, when we hobbled away together, I always felt such love for him and I sensed love in return, but also some embarrassment. I was half Willie's size, half his weight. I was the younger brother. He was supposed to save me, not the other way around. Over time, the scraps became more pitched. Small arms fire was introduced. We'd hurl Roman candles at each other, make rocket launchers from golf ball tubes, stage night battles with two of us defending a stone pillbox in the middle of an open field. I can still smell the smoke and hear the hiss as a projectile rocketed toward a victim whose only armor would be a puffer jacket, some wool mittens, maybe some ski goggles, though often not. Our, arm, our, ugh, our arms race accelerated as they do. We began to use BB guns at close range. How was no one maimed? How did no one lose an eye? One day, all six of us were walking into the woods near their house looking for squirrels and pigeons to cull. There was an old army Land Rover. Willie and the boys smiled. Harold, jump in, drive away, and we'll shoot you. With what? Shotgun. No, thanks. We're loading. Either get in or drive or we shoot you right here. I jumped in, drove away. Moments later, bang, buckshot rattling off the back. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, this is a testament to Charles and his behavior toward his son. Media, the British tabloids were making up lies about Harry being a prolific drug user. Yeah, he smoked weed, he tried cocaine a couple of times, he didn't like feeling out of control, but he wasn't like using it frequently, right? So the Royal Press came out with this story that Harry was gonna go to rehab, he's a prolific drug user, an addict, all this other shit. So he talked to his dad and his dad said he'd take care of it, right? So apparently the editor didn't believe his dad um, and one of Harry's assistants came and talked to him about it. And so Harry said, surely I said, Pa will do something, stop her. Long silence, no, Marco said. Pa's office had, a deci had decided on a different approach. Rather than telling the editor to call off the dogs, the palace was opting to play ball with her. They were going full Neville Chamberlain. Did Marco tell me why, or did I learn only later that the guiding force behind this putrid strategy was the same spin doctor Pa and Camilla had recently hired? The same spin doctor who'd leaked the details of our private summits with Camilla, this spin doctor, Marco said, had decided that the best approach in this case would be to spin me right under the bus. In one swoop, this would appease the editor and also bolster the sagging reputation of Pa. Amid all this unpleasantness, all this extortion and gamesmanship, the spin doctor had discovered one silver lining, one shiny, one shiny consolation prize for Pa. No more the unfaithful husband, Pa would now be presented to the world as the harried single dad coping with a drug-addled child. So his father allowed the press to make Harry out to be a drug addict. 
to improve his ratings. I always say that family's full of shit. It is. It is. Um, of course, I mean, there's all kinds of stories in here about William one-upping Harry, Harry confronting Will, um, Harry being blocked from seeing the queen after he had, um, they had a summit um, at Sandringham later where Harry and Meghan were going to step back and they had come to an agreement, everything else, they were still going to have security, but they were going to step back from royal duties. And he was trying to talk, he went to try to talk to his grandmother. She said she was free. And then he went to call her and was told that she wasn't free. And there, they were completely pushed out. The security was pulled, everything else, no way to protect themselves. Tyler Perry let them borrow his house so they'd have somewhere, somewhere safe to go. It was so, it was so bad. And I, this is the last one I'll read. It's, it's the, the book is in very short chapters, but it was so bad. And I didn't know this until I read the book. It was so bad the way they were treating Harry, the way they were treating Megan, that they caused her to miscarry. I, I, I saw, you know, I saw the, 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 the um, thing on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't finished watching it. I've got two episodes left, but this is, this is what he wrote in the book and this one, and this it, it's a content warning for anyone who suffered miscarriage. So if you wanna stop listening at this point and fast forward a little bit, that's fine. This hit me, cause I've been there. We found a place priced at a steep discount, just up the coast outside Santa Barbara, lots of room, large gardens, a climbing frame, even a pond with koi, koi carp. The koi were stressed, the estate, angel, estate agent warned. So are we, we'll get along famously. No, the agent explained. The koi need very particular care. You'll have to hire a koi guy. Uh-huh. And where does one find a koi guy? The agent wasn't sure. We laughed. First world problems. We took a tour. The place was a dream. We asked Tyler to look into it too, and he said, buy it. So we pulled together a down payment, took out a mortgage, and in July 2020, we moved in. The move itself required only a couple of hours. Everything we owned fitted into 13 suitcases between the two of them. That's all they left with when they left England. The first night we had a quiet drink and celebration, roasted a chicken, went to bed early. All was well, we said, and yet Megan was under, still under loads of stress. There was a pressing issue with her legal case against the tabloids because she sued the tabloids for the harm they were causing. The mail was, was up to its usual tricks. Their first crack at offering a defense had been patently ridiculous so now they were trying a new defense which was even more ridiculous they were arguing that they printed meg's letter to her father which they twisted around and rearranged this is a side note um but they'd argue they printed meg's letter to her father because of a story in people magazine which quoted a handful of meg's friends anonymously the tabloids argued that meg had orchestrated these quotes used her friends as a de facto spokespeople and thus the male had every right to publish her letter to her father more, they now wanted to use the name of Meg's previously anonymous friends read into the official court record to destroy them. Meg was determined to do everything in her power to prevent that. She'd been staying up late, night after night, trying to work out how to save these people. And now on her first morning in the new house, she reported abdominal pains and bleeding. Then she collapsed to the floor. We raced to the local hospital. When the doctor walked into the room, I didn't hear one word she said. I just watched her face, her body language. I already knew, we both did. There had been so much blood. Still hearing the words was a blow. Meg grabbed me. I held her. We both wept. In my life, I felt totally helpless only four times. In the back of the car while Mummy and Will and I were being chased by Paps. 
in the Apache above Afghanistan, unable to get clearance to do my duty, and not caught when my pregnant wife was planning to take her life, and now. We left the hospital with our unborn child, a tiny package. We went to a place, a secret place only we knew. Under a spreading banyan tree while Meg wept, I dug a hole with my hands and set the, set the tiny package softly in the ground. Those fuckers did that to her. And we know that. And can I bring up Piers? Get yes. to Morgan? Because he was one of the main people that went after her constantly, 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 mm -hmm. constantly going after her. When this woman, this young girl, did not want to deal with your old ass because you were damn near close to her father's age, which I found that Piers Morgan is like a couple years younger than my parents and look older than my parents. Sarah, you saw pictures of my parents before. Mm -hmm. They don't, they, and they're up in age and they're much closer to Megan's father's age, age which Megan's father's almost 80 years old. And him, him to be, first of all, we ain't gonna go there with Megan's father because he's a whole ass mess. But Harry's family is just as bad, just as bad. Mm -hmm. And Charles has, is emotionally detached from his kids and have been, since he'd been with Camilla before Diane died. Mm -hmm. So he is like, he's the worst. He's the worst. Camilla ain't shit. And find out Camilla actually did more harm to the boys than mm -hmm. Charles did ever. So the fact that, and I understand my father did not agree with, you know, Harry Shintel, but he's not wrong for what he said about his dad, but he said he's right for protecting his wife. Protect mm -hmm. your wife at all costs. Like you calling my wife all kind of racial slurs and my children referring to my children about racial slurs. Like, no, fuck you. Fuck mm -hmm. everything about you. I don't care if you my motherfucking family. Fuck you. Yep. So I'm glad he wrote this book. And he looked much younger since he's been with his wife. He ain't lose his hair. He got a little ball, little thing, but he ain't lose his hair. You can always, you know, take vitamins to get the shit back. But you know, like, he looks much younger since he's been with Megan. Megan must have been doing something with him because mm -hmm. obviously, hair. I mean, uh, William lost all his hair. He's looking real old with Kate. They're both looking old because they're old racist assholes. Yep. And Charles, they look like he ain't got much longer to be. Mm, Jesus. Yeah, and then like, and then finding out later on that like Harry was trying to contact William after the Queen died, trying to find out where they were leaving from when they were leaving, and heard nothing about him, and they left without him. Of course, they, they left did. without him, of without telling him a word. So, and he and he didn't arrive, and because of all that, he didn't arrive until after the Queen died. Like, they what kind? Gonna, what kind of piece of shit human do you have to be to do that to someone? They're all going to read what they saw. Mm-hmm. And it's got, and it's and it's starting with this with him with Harry coming out with this book. And it's that's starting. just that's just the beginning. It's mm -hmm. really gonna hit Kate is gonna get hit hard. Cause they said if you do something to somebody, they say it just don't get to you quickly, it gets to other people. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you heard about that before. My mm -hmm. mom always say that shit. Yep. If you don't get hit real quickly, somebody else real close to you. Yep. I'm not even gonna bring his kids into it because I don't like the fact that. Uh, what you call it is number six in line. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. My mom said Kate did that shit on purpose. She had them kids. Well, every woman that marries a like every woman, every person like who marries a prince who is in line for the throne 
has kids on purpose to produce heirs. Like they do that on purpose. Yes. That is like, that is like what they are for, which is bullshit, but that is how it's viewed. It's And the crazy part is um, dumb kids give, giving Kate a hard time because Harry don't, I mean, what's his name? I keep saying Harry. William don't even be bothered with them fucking kids. Yeah, it's like Charles could never be bothered with the kids either. He never had much to do Listen, with the Diane boys. was a mother. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, anyhow, that's my shot. <clears throat> I already said my chaser. Fuck that, yep. that whole royal shit. Fuck them all. Fuck um, Charles. Fuck that whore that he's with. Mm-hmm. Um, the hell with William and Kate. And all those William and Kate stands, because some of them used to follow me, now block me because mm-hmm. I protect Megan. Yes, I am going to protect Black Megans, the Black Megans. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And so you can eat a whole dick. Especially that white lady that, that was on Twitter that was following me with the silver hair. Now she got dragged. She always continued to get dragged by Black people. They stay dragging her. They call her, you fucking racist. <laughs> I mean... She is so she is, you know. and it's documented stuff to prove it. So there you go. Yeah. Fuck that whole family. God. All right. So, ma'am, what do we have for our next segment? We have bitch asses and badasses of the week for those who are just tuning in. You know, <laughs> we um rate people who have been bitch asses, basically who just been straight up assholes. Versus people who are badass who have been doing the Lord's work and who has been showing up and showing out. Um, doesn't matter if you're in politics, if you're in entertainment and whatnot, or just in science, whatever. And so these names that we're going to list, they are going to, we have a poll that be out on social media, on our social media platforms. We follow us at The Joyful She. Yeah, right at the joyful sheet. Mm-hmm. You'll see the polls there. They'll be posted up right towards after the show. And so we're gonna name our names, but we don't have any nominees from last week, right? No, we didn't. No, we have, week. but we have we have to announce the winners from the and week that we from did. the previous week. We do have winners from the previous week. So Sarah, kick it off. Oh, okay. So um our nominees from not last week, but the week before, because we didn't record last week. Um, the nominees were uh Byron Donalds. George Santos and Kevin McCarthy for Bitch Ass of the Week. And with 76% of the vote, 15 vote speaker Kevin McCarthy won Bitch Ass of the Week. And is well deserved. He will continue, he will be, continue to be a bitch ass for life. I know we try, we try not to repeat our nominees, but some of these bitch asses are such bitch asses that they have to be nominated more than once. And they're always doing fuck shit. Who was second between that's why george santos right it was it was i was i was actually very shocked that byron donalds didn't get any votes hey the crazy part is he was used as a fucking prop yes yes exactly exactly and shit on joy's show yes so then and then our badass nominees were cheryl l johnson who it, who was basically running the house for four days because Kevin McCarthy couldn't get his ass elected as speaker. She was nominated along with Senator Patty Murray, um, who is what she's, she's the first president pro tem. Yeah. Senate pro tem. And she was for a brief moment in time, 
for four days while McCarthy couldn't get his shit together was second in line to the presidency. Um, and then the third nominee was our House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Sekou Jeffries. I like his name. It's so <laughs> I know. Cute. I know it is. I love it. But he won with 62% of the vote. And who came in second? Uh, it was uh, Patty Murray. Nice. Yep. But she don't get no recognition at all. Mm-mm. She doesn't. She doesn't, which is just so weird. But, yeah, well, and I mean, it's not weird. It's bullshit is what it is. But It's crazy. And, and the crazy part was during, like, the Trump years, how she questioned Patty. Uh, what is it? Question, um, what's that, 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 oh, uh, Betsy something? Betsy DeVos. Yeah. So she got in her fucking ass. Mm-hmm. It was good. Because she has children, I think, with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And... Betsy was, they, that whole administration did fucked up shit to children with disabilities um, mm-hmm. in the education system. So she got in her motherfucking ass. As she should have. So, but so who are this week's nominees? This week's nominee, mine's is um, for bitch ass, I believe, I, I believe I told you like verbatimly, but you wrote it down. I so. did uh nancy mace yes her oh from south carolina which i'm like why did y'all voted for her again after donald trump rejected her and did not endorse her right i don't know how she won in low country south carolina but she was on meet the press this morning talking mad shit and saying like we don't know where president biden's um classified documents was but we knew about donald trump's classified documents no the fuck you didn't bitch he didn't even say he didn't even mention about taking shit they found that shit when the fbi raided his motherfucking house Mm -hmm. and he even flushed some shit down the fucking toilet so the fact that we're comparing our our president with an impeached criminal is crazy to me but you know how these white Americans are in this country. They want to mm-hmm. hold Democrats a high standard. And like, this is wrong and everything. But their past history from when they invaded this country. Yes, they did. Because they took it from the indigenous people. Because mm-hmm. this is not your land. This land is my land. No, it was not your land. And and, and some technicality, it's still not your fucking land. Want to hold people to high standard. I mean, the Caucasity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't like her and I don't like her face. I don't care if she said the right thing about abortion. She still ain't shit because she still voted a lot of times with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then who are our other nominees? I think um, who you have. My nominee is the royal family. I know we all, we're only supposed to do like one person, but I'm doing one entity. <laughs> You're doing the firm. I am. I'm doing the firm. My nominee is the firm because the way that they treated Megan and the way they continue to treat Megan and the way that they treat Harry is just they're bitch asses and they're absolutely disgusting for the way that they treated both of them. Those are my nominees. And I think Eliane's nominee was Ron DeSantis. Oh, for what? How he's eliminating African-American history mm-hmm. in AP mm-hmm. course, in advanced placement course of african-american history there's all types of histories right but you want to eliminate african-american history yep 
That's what I said. Florida, I will never touch that. Besides the fact that state look like it's about to be underwater. Mm-hmm. Whole entire underwater. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking going to that state. And all the black people, I feel bad for the black people that live in that fucking state. And it not too many of the Hispanic people, but the black people that live in that state actually feel bad because one, it's just a hot ass mess. Florida is just a hot ass mess. That's all I got to say. So our our nominees for bitch ass of this week are the royal family, Ron DeSantis, and Nancy Mace. And who who do we have for our nominees for badass of the week? Angela Bassett. Ma'am, ma'am. I mean, that's all you need to fucking say. The woman is a queen. I love her. I love her. I always loved her, even when she's on shows and movies. People just don't love her. I'm like, she's always been around. What the what? What? Mm-hmm. Is it the one an Academy Award for what love, what love got to do with it? But you know, that's just near here and near and near. She didn't win for that. She won like a Golden Globe, I think, for it. But I, I thought she won an Oscar for it. She's. Let me I'd see, have to look it up. I know. I know that it was the last time that she won a Golden Globe was for what's love got to do with it. And she just now got nominated again for Best Supporting Actress for uh, Wakanda Forever. For the Golden Globe, but she won. Yeah, that's what I say. She she just won another Golden Globe for the first time since since What's Love Got to Do With It. And that's almost 30 years ago. Yes. And how much excellent work has she put out since then? I mean, come the fuck on. I mean, besides Waiting to Excel, was she? I think she was the fucking best in that movie. Better than Whitney Houston's role. Even though Whitney Houston murdered that soundtrack. But who burned your husband's clothes? Who took his clothes and put it in like the fucking mess up? Mm-hmm. Like, that is a classic scene. I guess she I guess she didn't win it. What the fuck, man? She was nominated but never won. Yeah. Yeah, she was nominated but didn't win. That's some bullshit. Wow. She deserved a win for that too. Damn, that was she was excellent. And she might be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress mm-hmm. for what's for Wakanda Forever. I mean, she's just great. She is. She is. She is such she is a badass in every way. She is just straight up badass. And then uh, let's see. Um Elian's nominee was uh, Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand prime minister who just resigned because she was just like, I can't take this anymore. I can't take your bullshit anymore. I'm done. I hit my limit. I'm done. She tired. She, I mean, yeah. I, I, who can blame her? I mean, look at what, I mean, with the, uh, with the mass shootings after um, Chris Church, you know, she enacted really strict gun laws in New Zealand that, is hard work and then the work that she did during covid you know pretty saving her country from being wiped out pretty much this population being wiped out from covid unlike here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she did the hard thing it was unpopular and she did the hard thing and now they're beating her up for it for saving their lives it's bullshit it's bullshit so and then my my nominee of course is prince harry for writing this book and laying it all out there. You know, it's, you, 
I would recommend anybody, everybody read this book. Um, you know, he's not perfect. He puts it in there, his own mistakes, the, you know, the really colossal, stupid fucking mistake of when he wore a Nazi costume for Halloween. He addresses that, um, you know, he admits to his own mistakes in his relationship with his brother and with his family. So he doesn't like try to come off blameless or anything, but he's laying it all out there. And I say, good for him. That's a badass move, especially going up an entity as powerful as the monarchy. <laughs> that's that's it. You look like Dina when you make that face. I mean, well, she is my daughter. So. <laughs> Anyhow, so our nominee, our nominees for badass of the week were Prince Harry, Jacinda Ardern, and Ms. Angela Bassett Queen. Alrighty. So once again, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode. Please follow us on our socials if you have not yet at the joyful she on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and also subscribe to our Facebook page. And please subscribe to our Patreon. It costs $5 so you can get the extended, you know, what you call it. So thank you very much. Toodles. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unapologetically She. I'm Sarah. I'm Shante. I'm Eliane. You can find us on all social media platforms at the T-H-E-E Joyful She. And it's because of listeners like you that we are able to share our thoughts on current events. Please support us on Patreon at the Joyful She. We'll see you online. 